0: viciousness of a bear does not translate to a
1: camera. Welcome to No Instructions, I'm Bob. I'm Josh. How you doing? I'm well, how are you? I am doing pretty well. You sure? You had to wind up that one, that was it's, pretty good. <laughs> this is the third podcast I've done today. Mm. So, yeah. you, you know. Cast it out? A lot of, lot of talking. A lot of it's, casting? It's interesting, it takes a fair amount of focus to have intentional long conversations. You know, like you have conversations mm-hmm. throughout the day, even if you work with people, but it's on and off. It's like a little thing here and there, and then you get to do work for a little while or you pay attention to something else for a little while and you got to go back. But when you have like three one-on-one or one-on-two hour-long intentional conversations,
0: I don't know. It's I mean, you're, you're an interviewer. Yeah. Because whether or not you are along with the conversation, you're still trying to mentally... Keep it going. Yeah. And you just recorded an episode of Brain Pick, so you are the interviewer.
1: Yeah. It's mental effort. It is. And I don't know if, I wonder if other podcasters have to like, if it's natural to keep conversation going as an interviewer, not as like, I think it's easy for the two of us to have a conversation because we would be having a conversation if we were in there. Mm-hmm. But like to be the interviewer, I'm constantly listening, but also kind of like filtering. Like, how can I pull something out of what they just said yeah. and turn it into an, a stepping stone for another piece of conversation or whatever? It's fun. It's kind of like real time editing, problem solving type thing, but it's also a little tiring. So, do you want to say who you were talking to? Sure. It was Andrew Huang, who's awesome. Uh, he's a musician on YouTube. He's, he's out of our, you know, kind of maker area, which is cool. I wanting to get some more of those interviews with people uh, who are into different stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one being out. I, I think it went well. It was a good, comfortable conversation. Cool. Yeah. It was good. What have you been up to? Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Project stuff. Like, it's...
0: Uh, If you were to take a snapshot of the window that is to our left, um, we've been doing all of that. They're like, people can't see. And I've been building a thing that people can't know about and troubleshooting a problem that (laughs) people can't follow along with. So uh, here, I've been doing a lot, just not a lot that we can talk about.
1: Yeah. But
0: it's fun. It's all fun stuff that should benefit everybody else. We just, it's... It's in the whiteboard scribbling. It's been a lot of, like, a few days of whiteboard scribbles Mm -hmm. in various ways. Yeah. Looking up stuff, trying to find parts, trying to piece out the thing to try to, like, make that idea. I guess maybe this, this could be a fun conversation about, like, you mentioned problem solving in an interview. But, like, we problem solve for a living. And so even that, while it's a lot of mental capacity, like, trying to streamline that problem solving process. To focus on what you're doing, focus on the end goal, focus on a problem, and then the in between, like spaghetti, it takes to get to the end result. Because, like, we had a, an issue with like our, our footage process. How do we capture footage? How we send it to Forby and how we get it back? And I got real excited because I got to do some process improvement. And like, I was a systems engineer, and so it's the stuff that just makes me happy. I get to organize a a broken system. So I get to fix a thing. And I got real excited about it. And Anthony and I, that's where all the scribbles and all the other stuff is. But uh, And then in that process, it's like, well, we've identified stuff that we need. And then looking around MacGyver style, like, okay, well, what do we have that can fill that need? And if we don't have it, do we have to buy it? Can we make it? Like, all this is stuff that won't be on camera. Mm-hmm. And you did stuff today that won't be on camera. Yeah. And you made a a fun comment to me as you walked away. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, like, we needed this. So we're setting up a machine. For anybody that wants to know more specifically what we're talking about, we're setting up a machine that is just for taking the footage and putting it into our process. A computer that pulls it off of cards, puts it in the right place, renders it, gets it ready for edit, all the different stuff, and have a central I.O. port for all of our footage. And it needed a desk or like a place to go. So we talked about using this piece of wood to make a little floating desk and we need actually the remnants of this, tool, <laughs> That's of right, this it is. podcasting yeah, it a piece of butcher block, but it needed uh, brackets to go on the wall. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go make some metal brackets that we can put it on the wall real quick. And I went in and I cut some steel and I grinded or welded it and grinded it down and then went and put paint on it. And it took me 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was super fast and super fun. And easy to make something that wasn't on camera, and I just rarely do that anymore. And that right there is
0: why my YouTube channel has absolutely stopped. Because the reward, the the financial gain of the four of us that I like to make stuff, putting literally anything we uh, we do on camera is beneficial. Like that little thing is not going to be part of a project, it's not part of a story. So just like we just go do it, you went and did it really quick, and it's just done. Uh, Most things, it's how can we make a story out of this that can be compelling, that can be inspirational, that can like help other people. That one was super mega specific and wouldn't have really helped anybody. So you just went and did it. But that was very rare, like you mentioned. Oh, yeah. In my life, I run into little silly family problems all the time. And if I were to make a video about it, it would not reach as many people and it wouldn't be as financially beneficial. So I love solving a problem. And just doing it and not all of the recording and editing and posting and waiting and hoping like, meh. So people have asked me, when am I going to post a new video uh, on my channel? Never. because <laughs> Unless I, I do it live and somebody like super chats me enough money to make me want to do it ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> I am satisfied with solving a problem. Yeah. We're redoing our laundry room right now with some of the leftover tile from the bathroom video. It's super satisfying to get all that done. And the transformation is going to be beautiful. But no one will ever see it unless I decide to put it on Instagram. Because it's in my house. I solved that problem. Hooray. It's it's, it's the same thing. I'm not going to waste all that time of putting up a camera, editing the thing, having to make a decision really, really fast because of shooting considerations. Like I, I applaud everybody who wants to do that. I mean, it's what I do for a living now, here. And so that going home and just solving the the issue, it's just so gratifying when you're just focused and just done.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, some people kind of idealize the YouTube thing as well in that, um now don't get me wrong, it's fantastic in more ways than not, but that... um well, I kind of lost my train of thought now. That, like, uh, doing stuff on camera is, is more fun because it's going out to f- people and stuff like that. And I don't know that that's not entirely true. I mean, I think you could look at it from one perspective. You're taking a hobby, something you do for fun, and then you're turning it into a way to make money. And that part is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But then there is, there becomes a little bit of separation between, you know, how you do something, whether it's for the job or for yourself. Not necessarily the quality, but just like how you're approaching it, whether you think far enough ahead or you just kind of get it done to get it done. I don't know. It's, It's one of those things that's, I wasn't really expecting to have to choose what was content worthy when I was getting started doing this. It was just like, well, yeah, everything I make, I'll just make videos about, but that doesn't really work for several reasons. So, Anyway, it was fun today to just go in and make a thing, a functional thing that had one job and it will do that job and the end. You yeah. Know? And there wasn't anything special about it to that it would even be remotely useful or interesting to people. It was just a thing we needed, so. Um but like the process stuff for you, I mean that's the thing that you have training in and you know, you like you said, it it excites you. Is that, uh, I don't know, is that something you don't do enough of? Is that something you like more than you get to do? Or is it in small doses? Because I know certain things, I really like them, but if I had to do them all the time, I'd be like, eh, maybe I don't like them so much. Well, I, I just, I like order.
0: I really enjoy order. And for most people the order, the, the, you know, cleaning their house or organizing their car or making that thing, that like makes your space really, really useful. When you do that, you get that, that really exciting sense of gratification. And then you live your life. And then depending on the discipline level or the, uh, the efficacy of your system that you put in place, it can backslide into just little bits of chaos again. And so sometimes it's just a It's a maintenance thing, Hmm. but I mentally just really enjoy going into a place that is something is wrong and something is off and taking all of the stakeholders, sitting down with the people who do the thing every day, people who are smarter than me and going, well, like walk me through the process and why do you do a thing like you do? And I'm, like I said last week, I'm, I'm super interested in people's thought processes because I love to learn and grow and Like, if something that people have done that I think I would have never dreamed about, I've never thought that that would have been in a process, like, is really exciting to me. Like, teach me that. But at the same time, if there's waste or if it's just like, oh, someone told me to do this, I don't know why. Like, well, let's explore ways that you could do this better. And then you empower that person. So my professional Mm -hmm. life has always been about trying to make other people better. And me trying to help them get to that point. And so it's asking a lot of questions and offering maybe some clarity. Definitely not expertise in any way. But like the thing that we're doing in there, it's asking a lot of questions. And all along the way, not in a super annoying way, we go like, why do I do this at this juncture? Like, is this this important to do right here? Mm -hmm. Why do I do this? When should I notify other people that I'm done with this thing? And then trying to make a, a process in place that makes it easy or intriguing or I'll, I'll even venture to say fun <laughs> to do the thing that way. So that right. way it's There's... it can happen perpetually. It can yeah. happen without it being work. Because if it's work then people are less excited or less likely to continue that thing once you leave. And professionally it, it I have cared about that for the person's sake because I care about people and I don't want to have to do something over again. But I was the one that, that would walk into a place, being a, a systems engineer and a process improvement coordinator, that go, this thing is dumb and it keeps failing, or this person has done this thing wrong. It's not a discipline issue. It's not a training issue. Make it better. And so, okay. And you spend some time. And you're like, by Jove, I've got it. We could do it like this and this and this, and it'll save time and save money and hooray. Uh, and now, go forth and do that thing. And then, you walk away from it. Those are always mm-hmm. my favorite.
1: Right.
0: If I had to then be the person responsible for maintaining that system, I was far less engaged. Hmm. I was irritated. I go, I don't want to do that because then it's just. And that was kind of my. That was kind of what Lockheed was for me. As I did that, and they went, "Great, now you're going to be in charge of it." And I go, "Oh, I don't want to because there's nothing <laughs> but left." I yeah, I just made it better on like the first day. And now there's nothing to make better. There's no other problem to solve. I just did it. And so then it was in the maintenance phase. And I get really bored when things are just in the, you know, reg- routine. Go to work every day. Do the little thing. And I've talked about on in here where I, like, I made a, a program that could do my job for me. And I did it in, like, the first month I was there. So then there was nothing else for me to do. <laughs> and so I I wanted to be in that process improvement i wanted to be in that group of people that a lot of people didn't like and that's fine people say that's the i'm against the the, i don't know if you've heard the term good idea fairy Mm -hmm. yeah the good idea fairy mentality i think is ridiculous you shouldn't change something just to change it just to to employ yourself you just change it because something happened and it's a reaction or stuff is perpetually wrong or there's ways to make it better and that's where i really enjoyed that that whole process and so by getting to do that these last couple days it's just one of the things that just makes me excited to do mm-hmm. and uh, when you're when i personally like i'm on that like yeah we did it and now the thing is better and like for the foreseeable future until either a discipline issue or we just get distracted or whatever it starts to slip like on that that excitement level like i want to go out and i cleaned a whole chunk of the shop and i want to like reorganize things like i don't want to stop
1: yeah i right. just want to keep going yeah
0: uh until I, it's time to like i don't know you just kind of stop because you're done or you, there's nothing else to fix or you're in somebody else's way and it's like oh, okay well now i have to shift focus back to what we were doing and it's not like oh i'm done fixing stuff or right? <laughs> i'm yeah. done putting labels on things oh. like I don't know. It's just it's
1: a different kind of a, of work excitement. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I, I guess part of why I was asking that is it's one of those things that I think if you were perpetually in that, it would be a little exhausting because you do need to like. I think people need some patterns that they can like rest into, and then there's a you know you get too bored there, and then you need to change it up a little bit, have some some additions or some modifications. So it's good, you know, end of year stuff too. We've been. Yeah. Kind of preparing for next year, all of that. So speaking of end of the year, you put up Christmas lights.
0: I put up three quarters of my Christmas lights. Um while I was doing it. Man. I <laughs> I'm not a I'm felt not a, joy. I'm not a Grinch.
1: Oh.
0: I'm not a Grinch. I'm <laughs> not a Grinch. But the whole time I'm like, oh yeah, these are all of the reasons why I don't do this. Because I've thought about all of these things, and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? I go, yep, this is why you didn't start, because I have identified all these pinch points or problems that I had no solution to. This is why I said no all those other years. But I I remember the last time I did it, I ran into the problem that I needed more lights, and there were not more of those lights uh, that I needed to continue it to make it uniform. And so this year, I went to Home Depot, and I'm like, "I, I think I want... Like the big fat bulbs that I can just evenly space with little clippy things on the gutters. Just clean, simple, warm light. I really like the warm light. I really don't like the daylight LED. Very gaudy, shiny thing, which is kind of all you can find now. So I thought I found some. um, Got the clips. But they're 150 bulbs, so it's like 50 feet long. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Viewer tell me right now or tell the speakers like how wide is your garage or your front porch and yeah people go well ding dong you should have measured and yeah well I should have but I didn't so there this is a situation that we're in so I have some that are just like there's remainder of lights in this division of my house and I don't like it because there's nowhere for lights to go it's not as clean as I was hoping but there's no way that that could not be the case I I disagree. I think that somebody, and if not, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make, like, you have a two-car garage that is usually about the yay big, like, making, like, a set for certain things. And I understand there's millions of different floor plans for houses. I get that. But a two-car garage is about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet, whatever, wide. So now I have 150 feet worth of lights, so I have to, like, well, I'll carry that over to this piece. And then it stops in the middle, so i just got to keep going. And then i got to, like, make another 150 feet with this thing. And now I'm not tall enough to get onto the other kind of roof, and I don't have a ladder to get onto the other kind of roof. And so it's like,
1: okay, it's well, a problem but, that I have to solve. But but you could buy a 25-foot <laughs> string of lights.
0: I didn't know I needed a 25-foot <laughs> string of <laughs> but lights. But that's my
1: point, is, like, it you don't necessarily need a specific garage size if it's about 25 and you have a 25 well i didn't measure beforehand well, okay. and that's my fault understood it always in my like
0: way. i'm gonna do this i want to make sure i have all of the stuff that i need i'm yeah. like i want to have more than than less i don't want to come up short and have it look stupid well now i have the problem is i have too much and one strand is too few two strands is too many And so... You could cut them off. Anthony says, I can also cut them C7 and C9 to size. Um, Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because Buffet's tried to pull out a light bulb. That's his wife, by the way. Sorry. That doesn't know. She tried to pull out a bulb because I have to jump, like, from my garage to, like, the patio roof, and there's, like, a two-foot span that's just, like... Oh, that guy didn't measure, and now there's lights on the side of his house when he's just trying to do the edges of his roof. And so she tried to pull him out, but it like it got rid of an entire probably six or seven foot length. Hmm. Yeah, but Anthony says I can cut him, so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to shock myself, and it's all going to fail. <laughs> gonna Unplug it off
1: my roof. before you cut it. That's the key to not shock. But my neighbor
0: had this pole thing. You seen this? I
1: don't think so. It's like I've an extendy. Yeah,
0: it's an extendy pole that has a little. Uh, bracket on the end that accepts these special like gutter shingle clip oh, okay. things, yeah, and then you just like extend it and try to slide them under the shingles. So she borrowed that from him, and it takes a special bracket thingy, of course, that I don't have. So my house at night, um, from a certain angle, <laughs> was real pretty. <laughs> real pretty <laughs> inside is is decadent and beautiful my wife did a fantastic job i think it looks outstanding like, uh while i was up on the roof i like gotta gotta reach out awkward ways and reach this thing and she's like please be careful and i'm like yeah yeah i, I don't want to jump on the trampoline for a certain reason but putting lights up for two months out of the year is completely worth the risk don't get that humbug one. humbug humbug, humbug. my my heart just hasn't grown the three sizes well yet.
1: get on it it's Christmas time Josh what do your kids think of the lights
0: I don't know honestly. <laughs> you should ask them they're God, probably going to say point, all right? the things that I say they're like why isn't it done yet it doesn't look finished why, why don't you do that part those, you got the medium lights they're not the real big lights it's all the same things that I say like we went and stood across the street and stared at it and I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it I think I just did a bad job of of picking lights. If I would have done a better job of picking lights, I think I would have been far
1: more excited. Hmm. Well, I mean, I've definitely gotten lights that I wasn't crazy about, and then luckily they're not terribly expensive, so you know, I use them for a year or two, and then, oops, I accidentally threw them away, like I did this year. (laughs) Jenny was like, where are the lights for outside? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened to this. Actually, I legitimately don't remember throwing them away, but I had to have, because they are nowhere. Hmm. So I think probably when I took them down last year, I was like, you know what? I don't like these. I'm just going to throw them away. So I bought some new ones this year and put them up. Our roof is very, I don't remember if we talked about this last week. Our roof is very steep. Yep. And it this was the first year that like I actually felt uncomfortable, like I might slide down the roof and not be able to stop myself. Hmm. <laughs> and it was not going up. Going up to one side is fine, but, you know, you go up one side, you come down the other on the front of the house, and went up, got to the peak, totally fine. I mean, it's high up there, but the heights don't bother me. But then I start going down the other side, and it's like I feel like something's going to give, and then I'm going to start sliding, and there's not enough, you know, anything for me to stop myself. I lay down flat, and then I'm just going to be scratched up and hit the ground rather than just hitting the ground. So... Did you do? I didn't follow. The action
0: hero preparation to like if I did slide down, I need to spring right before I hit the gutter and land in the bushes, <laughs> or I'm gonna try to tuck and
1: roll. Well, run through that
0: scenario. No, I
1: didn't. But there's when you come down that part of the house, there's a, like a little jut out, kind of next to it so i could have when i got into the bottom kind of hopped a little bit Mm. onto the side flat roof it's not flat but flatter section and i would have been okay so
0: So my house was on a hill and the precocious part of reaching out over this weird little ledge thing to put in the clips underneath the shingles like i was trying to maintain three points of contact on my roof and i hold on to the gutter i'm like gutters not super strong But I'm I'm looking down, and I'm on, like, the second floor. We have, like, a little roof that goes out over the second floor, like, in the movies where your kids could sneak out, Hmm. like, get on that roof, and then hop down. I was on that part. But I'm looking down the the downhill. I'm like, so if I fall off of this, it's not only from the second floor. (laughs) It's the second floor plus. Like, it's second floor plus, the windows in the basement are down there. So I was like, well, am I old enough to where I'm not going to recover from that? Because I've jumped off roofs before. (laughs) It's not a huge deal it probably is now and probably so not I tried to like well I don't think I would duck and roll I think you just kind of kind of eat it and hope that my knees still work afterwards <laughs> <laughs> and then I went you know what this is stupid just focus on what you're doing Yeah. there's only so many like last action hero preparatory tuck and roll mental you know parkour I can do I just need to focus
1: if you do fall, uh, when you finish them, just yell parkour. And something will work out. It'll be fine. Parkour!
0: Your Honor, we talked about me putting Christmas lights up at work. <laughs> Ergo, it was an extension uh, of work.
1: Uh, no? <laughs> oh, look, I found the little light
0: brick. Dope. It's
1: got a little... Making a wreath. Light in it. Have we talked about what we're making? (laughs) Not today. So we are both uh, continuing on the Elf Clubhouse Lego set. And uh, it's a pretty cool little set. I just got to the part where you put in the bunks for the beds. And you can have them. There's a little knob. I don't know if you can see this. I was wondering what that knob thing is. Well, it dumps the elves out of their beds. So when you turn this, the little bed... Leans forward and it dumps everybody out, which is kind of an odd thing, but funny. We
0: decorated Christmas cookies the other day. Mm. My wife uh, wanted to make like the perfect sugar cookie recipe, which I was very excited about because that's something that just makes me happy when you get when you get to cook and you try to like make the quintessential version of a thing. Mm. Well, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here. One of the things I've asked for for Christmas was a blank cookbook, so that. I can pencil write in my perfect versions of the things that I I like. Do they sell blank cookbooks? They have a format, but so it's got like an ingredients area. Huh? Um, It's it's structured, but obviously there's nothing in it, and you write your stuff in it. Uh, And so she was trying to make the perfect sugar cookie, and she had certain criteria, and she was like, no, because every time I do sugar cookies, they're just. They're wrong because the recipe says to wait till they're golden. I use salt every time. Cooked. Well, that was one thing (laughs) we were doing. I'm like, it could use a little bit of salt. She's like, I thought so. Hmm. So we did that. And then we we got out the the piping bags, like, did the little, nipped off the little tiny corner so we could do like very intricate. And all the kids got into it. And so we made Christmas cookies and then drove through the light
1: display here in town Hmm. and uh, made a night of it. It was fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we need, we've talked several times recently about um, driving around and looking at Christmas lights. When I was growing up, there were tons of Christmas lights here. And, you know, you'd see them in the evenings, but, like, we're not out in the evenings often. So my kids yeah. don't really get to see them that much. Yeah, my
0: kids don't understand
1: driving at night. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, it's not something we do a whole lot of. And so um, on Christmas Eve growing up, my grandparents would come over for dinner Uh and, like, they wouldn't go to my two uncles' houses. They always came to our house. When I th- I always thought that was kind of cool. It was like we got to spend an extra little bit with our grandparents. So they would come over for dinner. They would bring us each one present, like mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, which was super cool because none of the other cousins got that. And then we would get in the car, uh, go to the Christmas Eve service at church, and then drive around and look at Christmas lights. And that was our Christmas Eve every year, you know, until – Gosh, I don't know, maybe my sister went to college or something like that, you know, when there were just fewer of us. But I realized that, like, we've never really done that. Um, With our kids, Christmas Eve is always, you know, dinner or something at home. Maybe grandparents will come over. But then we just kind of stay there. We try to get them in bed and everything. The last
0: couple years you guys have been at our place.
1: Yeah. For a thing. Yeah. Um, So this year, I don't know if we'll do that on Christmas Eve, but it, it got me thinking when I was thinking about that, like, my kids don't see the Christmas lights around town because we're never out at night. So... Between now and Christmas, we were supposed to start last week, I was going to take one night a week, and then just like after dinner, it's already dark at like 5.30, yeah. get in the car, we're going to go to a neighborhood. We're going to find a big neighborhood in town that has a bunch of lights, i we're just going to drive through and look at them, and then come home. And do yeah. that once a week, you know, for a couple of weeks before Christmas, and then they get to see some of the lights. So... We need to come on over to on my there. house and check out the mega display. Come over and complain about like, man, he didn't finish putting his lights The lights,
0: lights on. aren't done yet.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, are you going to finish them? Or are you just kind of like, that's how it is for this year?
0: No, I'll finish them. <laughs> <laughs> it got like super duper cold. Yeah, it did get pretty cold. And I put on my heated jacket. So like I was okay. And then it was really windy and rainy. And That's not I'm not great I I should not be on the roof. Yeah. I There's the part of me, the the process improvement thing that I mentioned earlier, uh my wife thought it was funny that I got the little clips and all of my little clips and all of my lights are perfectly evenly spaced. And I'm like, "Yay, this makes me happy." And she went, "Well, we can just like just not finish it today. We can just finish, you know, a section later." She was encouraging me cuz it was getting cold and dark to like stop. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "I know that you can't do that." <laughs> But this is me just trying to be nice and helpful for you to take a break. And so, like, I got to a point where I could not advance anymore. And I think that more than the lights themselves just bugs me.
1: Mm, I see.
0: So I put, <laughs> I put everything on a smart plug so that they turn on at a certain time. And we have our beautiful interior lights and everything are, are kind of on a, a central smart plug. And so I made a routine. That whenever I'm ready to go to bed, I just say humbug, and it turns everything off. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it's on brand. Uh, so, right, yes, I want to finish. I plan on finishing. I just got a new smoker, so that was more incentive for me not to care about the goofy uh, lights uh, in
1: front of my house. Yeah, have something else to do. Yeah.
0: So, now that that thing is set up, uh, it's time for me to figure out how I'm going to do that. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, I mean, you can, or you can just like that's the way it is this year. It didn't, you no. know, I didn't. Oh, no, no, no. You can see. You say you can't. Tiffany says you can't, but you can. I mean, it's I guess physically possible yeah, for me not it absolutely to absolutely is go in. That's a it's a cost benefit thing. Well, like we talked about this earlier. Like, it may not be worthwhile to try to force it to be fixed this year if it's good enough. And my, the reason I'm getting to that is that somebody like my kids or some other kids are going to drive out one evening to go look at Christmas lights and they're going to drive past your house and they're not going to go, man, why didn't he finish those lights? They're going to go, oh, look, that one has lights. That's cool. That's pretty. All right, let's keep going on to the next one. And they're going to enjoy it just because you took the effort to do what you've done now, even if you don't finish.
0: That's very encouraging. And I appreciate the truth, that.
1: no matter what you think. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can disagree, <laughs> but it is the truth that somebody will enjoy it. So it... <laughs> With my purchase power, I was at Home Depot,
0: and I had the lights in my cart, and then I looked over at the the lit deer on display after the conversation (laughs) we had with Matt, (laughs) and I went, I could just get deer. That's true. And I can just leave them out there for any of the- the All year long. The youths and the street toughs to come and do what they want to with the two lit deer, Christmas deer in the yard, (laughs) and that can be our display (laughs) for the year, because that in itself- is focused and kind of funny and I don't need to do anything else.
1: Hmm.
0: It's like the person who made the little cutout of the Grinch and just like a single strand of lights where the Grinch was pulling them like the Grinch had already taken everything off of their house. Hmm. It's the simplest and the laziest and yeah. the most effective and perfect. That is the perfect outdoor Christmas display in my mind. Hmm. Topical. Oh, so good.
1: What about those, what about those uh, The little like projector light thingies?
0: I don't like those. I don't like
1: them either. But that is a thing that you could like stick in the ground and plug in and you're done.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't I don't know. I don't like those.
1: I don't, I've never liked those. I'm not a fan of them
0: either. I like the dangly lights. I like my lights to be warm. My neighbor, who I guess I'm doing all of this for and for your four kids who are going to drive by my house and apparently be wowed by my three quarters of lights. I'm doing <laughs> it's, it. That's not what I said. For them. <laughs> and so I look at his house and he's got the icicle ones. That are just the normal warm incandescent bulbs, I'm like that I want that. I should have done that instead of what I am currently doing hmm. and so it could be like, oh, maybe next year, and then I don't know what to do with five sets of fifty foot lights because I don't know how to estimate the length of my house. I can decorate a strip mall, apparently from the lights that I made or lights that I bought, but like that's what I want it to look like, that nice warm. Hmm nice glow
1: yeah i mean i i do think that's like yeah. one of those where you just have to get something and see how it looks yeah and then you know next year get something different the colored lights that we got a couple of years ago the ones that i threw away last year we got colored lights for our tree and i thought well this box is about the same they're the same size they're colored led lights they have a nice glow to them so i'll get these as well and it turned out that instead of like they were identical except instead of a kind of frosted colored plastic, they were clear. Mm. So the same colors, but like not, I don't know. They just had like a flat kind of. That's what these, these LED
0: the warm LEDs. Yeah. They have a, like a diffusion on them
1: and they just look flat. Yeah. So that's why I didn't like them for the same reason. So I used them for a year yeah. or two and then I threw them away. And I think that's what it is. Like this being the, the first year in many
0: years, that I'm going to do this, that I'm going to decorate the house, and I'm just, like, don't like it. Yeah. And I think, it's not a lot you're of right, I need to chalk it up to... Like, I don't want to stop where I currently am, but I'm not married to it. I can yeah. do it again. And maybe it's incentive to do it right or do it better.
1: Or, yeah. like, you know, I don't, maybe there's... And maybe it's not your thing, too. That's absolutely possible. But maybe there's a way, you know, next year to, like, get the kids involved in the process or something. Oh, I got, a way well, to make it, we hung, you know... Um, Obviously, we have like, put them on the roof. One, two,
0: three, four, five. Yeah, we have five windows, uh, like the front of our house that's on the second floor, and I, w- I hung wreaths on them. Hmm. And it's like, like I said, that little roof on the front where the kids' windows are. So I was out on the roof right in front of my daughter's bedroom, <laughs> and she's like, "I want to come out there." My five year old. <laughs> I'm like, "All right, put your shoes on. Let's do this." And so I held her hand the whole time, and she was you know, very wobbly and very restrained. And I'm like, "You can go inside if you if you're uncomfortable." She's like, "No, I love it." But she was just like super stiff and wouldn't move. But she was super excited to be out on the roof. And then I I had to reiterate to her, you will not come out on this roof without me. Mm -hmm. Because I know you. And she will. (laughs) Do you have an alarm on that window?
1: (laughs) You might want to get an alarm on that window.
0: But I didn't show her how I took the screen off. Uh. So I'm hoping that the screen, because it it comes out of the window in a very awkward way. It's not that Mm -hmm. you can just like raise the window. You have to like tilt the window to get the screen out. So I'm hoping that that will offer the slightest bit of mental barrier to prevent her from jumping out of the roof or jumping out of the window.
1: Yeah, I hope
0: so. But I know her, and I don't think that's the case.
1: <laughs> um, well, let's see. So next week, Matt's coming back. I did talk to him, okay. uh, so we are going to talk about Mandalorian Season 2. i We're going to wrap it all up. I wanted to talk about the Mandalorian. Well, let's do it. Uh, one
0: one point in particular by okay. the last episode. Okay, this is spoiler territory. Obviously, yes, this is spoiler territory for the last episode with Bill Barr, Bill, B- Burr? Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Barr as the old Attorney General. Um, so he was like an ex uh, Imperial sharpshooter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in the episode, they have to like secretly infiltrate this Imperial base to get this thing. And he's sitting down, he's like, "Whoa, there's my old commanding officer, or whatever guy." And he calls him over and he sits down and you you see him like have that interaction with someone that he used to know and that he apparently vehemently disagreed with and had a negative effect on his life. And spoiler, again, turns out and shoots him. That whole interaction, he was like, Oh, you were at the battle of whatever. And that guy was like, Oh, yeah, we should have done that to these people and like kind of boasting about the things that they did, these kind Mm -hmm. of atrocities. That right there was almost exactly why I left my job at Lockheed. Mm. Like, I, I knew exactly how that scene theoretically should play out. I projected super heavy. And then that, like, somebody was boasting about a thing that was, uh, Something that people I don't think should be proud of. And I remember like, yep, that was the exact moment. I didn't pull out a blaster and start shooting him. (laughs) But I'm like, that's it. Right there is the moment. And I remember going back, I'm like, I don't need to do this job anymore. Yeah. This is, I'm done. And I I related to that moment. And it was. Uh, it was good. It was really good. I think Bill Burr did an extremely good job.
1: Yeah, I don't... I mean, I know he's a comedian. I know he's famous and stuff, but I really don't know him. Who knew nothing about Star Wars? Yeah. I, he did a fantastic job on that episode. It was, yeah. it was great. I wanted to see him get back on the ship and keep going. Yeah, I did too. Like, that's really surprising because it felt to me... I, I read this somewhere like a couple episodes ago. Like, they're taking such heavy influence from... Uh, Magnificent Seven, Sam- Seven Samurai, stuff like that, that they're building a team to go after Gideon at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And it would have made a lot of sense. Like if ah- Ahsoka had come along, Cara Dune came back, Fennec, Boba, Bilber, you know, they're building all of the, the sharpshooter, the muscle, the smarts, yep. the whatever, the whatever. And they build this team up and then they, go in as a team and finish the thing. And so when Ahsoka didn't go with them, I was like, oh, huh, well, okay, they must have somebody else. And they're like, oh, Bill Burr, cool, they got a sharpshooter. Oh, he didn't go, huh. (laughs) How's this gonna work? So I guess I just had the wrong idea there, but that was a little surprising to me. So predictions. Do you have any predictions for the final episode?
0: No, because I am usually wrong. No, that's okay. I don't have to be right. Um, Do you have any ideas? I love that... Din like, sent out a threat proactively. He's like, I'm going to send him a little hologram. You you give me my kid back, or I'm coming to get you. Easy. Yeah. I love that. There have been very few times... Well, I don't want to say that. It was one of those few times in Star Wars where the rebels or the people who are not the the mean overlord empire, like, took it to them. Hmm. Which I like. Uh, Predictions... I'll go ahead and it's it Disney, up. so Baby Yoda is
1: not going to die. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I there's a little part of me that's like, my dad brought this up at lunch today. My dad, my mom, and dad watched the show with us. He was like, "It's called The Mandalorian. It's not called Baby Yoda." Like that kid could die and set it in a whole different direction. I don't know that he will, but like that is a possibility. You talk about flipping a series on its head. Yeah, that would do it. And then it turns into like John Wick in space where the Mandalorian Ooh. just ravages the rest of the people who killed his baby.
0: <laughs> mm. I don't know. So my son has a thing. Anytime anybody in the show is mean to baby Yoda, it's annoying in the moment. But he goes, if something bad happens to baby Yoda, everybody's going to revolt and Disney is going to go bankrupt. <laughs> and I don't know where he's getting this, but it's just one line or not even one line. He just says it repeatedly. Anytime somebody is mean to baby Yoda. And so when you say that, I'm like, oh, man, Disney's going to go bankrupt. <laughs> my son will see <laughs> totally. <laughs> he will be holding the, the the button. So bring it all down.
1: Well, another little thing that I, and this is not my original idea, I just read about, like, that Ahsoka not wanting to train him um, potentially sets it up to where he won't get trained because he will just go down a dark path. So that that could go two ways. Either he doesn't get trained at all, or he does go dark, go bad. Yeah. Um, and like there was even one kind of theory out there that like Luke Skywalker could theoretically show up to train him, take him under his wing, take him off, and then that would put Grogu in the school of young Jedi that Ooh, Kylo, Kylo kills. And Does check, out. check this out. This, this, is, this is pretty good. Oh yeah, he killed everybody mm. in the school. When he says in uh, Force Awakens, Grandfather, I will finish what you started. Mm-hmm. Anakin went into the Jedi Temple to kill oh, the younglings and did not Grogu kill Grogu. would be. be. Mm, that's so, I mean, a pretty no, that's, heavy foreshadowing. It's out there. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't have mm. figured that out until after the fact. But.
0: I saw something about Grogu potentially becoming uh, evil Yoda. Evil. Yeah. And I think Ahsoka not wanting to train him is pretty on brand. For the Jedi, I don't think there has been a single time where any Jedi, other than Qui Gon, and even Qui Gon passed him off, passed off Anakin. But like, Hmm. Yoda didn't want to do it. Mace Window didn't want him to do it. There's so many people that don't want to, like, oh no, I'm not, yeah, I I can't train him. You're too old. Yeah. Or you're his pad. Well, no, I can't do that because of whatever reasons. Like, they, they they want a lot of inside information they want to hold it close well, like, to. I, I, I so when it, she went, like, I can't train him. I'm like, oh, duh, look at there, another Jedi can't train anybody. she say she can up. or
1: she didn't want to? Because, I, I mean, I assume that she'd been, like, having seen Anakin fall, then she just didn't ha- have a lot of faith in that people could, you know, like, that they could be on the edge and go to the good. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have a feeling. My my only real prediction is that at the end of the episode, it's going to be a very Empire Strikes Back ending. Something we don't expect, and it's going to end on a, what? Like, you can't stop the season there. Mm-hmm. So either somebody dies big time, and like one of the major characters dies, which uh, is probably Boba Fett, in my opinion. Yeah. Um Either that or... They almost have Grogu, or they have him, and they can't get off the ship with him, and then they lose him, and then the episode's over. I think it's going to be a big heart-wrenching kind of thing, and then a cliffhanger in a bad way. Ooh. What what if it
0: has to come down between Dinjar and having to choose the kid, or choosing Mandalore? Because the Darksaber's in play, Mm. Uh, Princess What's-Her-Name is in play princess what's her name the princess of mandalore the girl with oh, the bo katan yeah, yeah. bo katan like i imagine he's gonna end up with the dark saber in some fashion and so he could either like be the leader of the mandalorians or take care of the kid or i don't know that's what i see a like you have to do and you have to respond to the steadfastness the discipline the creed the the
1: Fervent thing that you've stuck to this entire time, or you have to take care of that kid. See, I don't think there's any question about that. He didn't want to rule Mandalore. Maybe not rule Mandalore,
0: but like you have to either be the Mandalorian or not be the Mandalorian. Mm. So maybe not like uh, ascend Pride Rock to to take over the you know the the Creed, but I think it's going to have to come down to he has to choose the Creed or choose the kid. Hmm, because this latest episode. He had to to give up a little bit. He had to to put aside some of that steadfastness for the cause, and so it's letting people know automatically that he can make a calculated decision, even though he is visibly uncomfortable the entire time that he's doing it. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it. It is against his nature to to go against the creed for whatever reason. And Bill Burr was like, "I didn't see anything. Like that was cool of him. Hooray!" But he's had to compromise his. his His beliefs uh, I mean yeah his his morals that code and so being exposed to it in the last episode I think sets up the last episode that's coming up in a couple days where he's going to have to make that big decision yeah to let it all go I could see that
1: in the sake for the sake of the kid one thing that I think is super impressive um, Pedro Pascal it's only the second time he's had his helmet off Mm mm-hmm the rest of his acting has been voice in season one body language and voice in season two. But I don't know if you paid attention to his face when he had his helmet off and it was, it was acting and he didn't say anything, Yeah, but he had the face, the facial expression of somebody who has never had to expose their face. He didn't know what to do with his, his eyes. He wasn't looking through the same set of lenses that he typically like literal lenses that he typically looks through He didn't know what to do, and there was a really big shift in like his shoulder holding. Uh, You know, he he couldn't like get words out and stuff. And then as soon as he put that helmet back on, he started like, "All right, this way!" Like, man, it was good. That dude's a good actor. I don't know a lot about him. I've never seen him in anything else, but he was in that was uh, cool Narcos. Yeah, I know he's been in stuff, but I've never seen. He was really good in that show, but I thought that was really impressive. Because it wasn't just like, oh, well, I guess everybody's seen me. I'm just going to be the cool guy now. Yeah. He was, like, messy, and he was, like, looking down the whole time. And yeah, you could I tell that he was, he
0: was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And that he was wrong, and you could tell, like, the whole time he was like, everything is wrong right now. I just want to go. I don't want to be in
1: this situation. And you could feel it. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine that? Like, nobody seeing your face, you being hidden, would become, for like since he was a – kid would become such a uh am gonna say mask and not literal mask like a way to hide you have defined oh, yourself protection yeah. and you don't care about what you look like you don't care about what your mouth is doing or if you know if you have boogers hanging out of your nose you mm-hmm. don't care about what you're looking at you can look at anything in the room and nobody knows what you're looking at things like that and then all of a sudden to have that stripped away i mean that would just be like I'm going to go to the store and all of a sudden I'm naked and I have to figure out how to deal with it because I've just never done that before. Man, it's kind of crazy to think about. There, When all the masks have started, I know we said we're not going to talk about COVID anymore and masks and we're not. But that was one of the interesting things. The first couple of times I went to the store in a mask, I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, yeah. nobody knows who I am. Not that people know who I am anyway at the store. I don't know that it's, way. It's, but okay. it's like I could pass by someone that I actually know and they wouldn't recognize me probably. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Anyway, so any other predictions for... Uh...
0: No, those are my big ones. Is I think that he's going to have to make a decision between the kid and the way. Yeah, I could see that. And that's as his... <laughs> I'll be purposely vague because <laughs> I'm historically <laughs> wrong about plot twists in the Star Wars universe.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I think Boba Fett's going to die. Yeah, I think so too because he's got to have a ship.
1: Yeah, he's going to inherit Slave One. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Finnick. Maybe she will become... One of the Rangers of the New Republic?
0: Uh, she was. I I saw her in um, one of...
1: She's them. in the Bad Batch.
0: Yeah, right? the Bad Batch.
1: Yeah. But that other show, that Rangers of the New Republic, is supposed to be like a spinoff of Mandalorian. So that... Oh, really? Yeah. Ahsoka... I heard that people were predicting or hoping that was going to be the buddy comedy of the whole lot. Uh, I mean, maybe. But my feeling is because it and Ahsoka and Mandalorian are supposed to intersect in mm-hmm. a shows touch each other, then I think that's going to be like Cara Dune has her badge now. She's legit. So she's going to build up a car. Do Texas Ranger? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> They're going to go, you know, uh, knock heads and keep order and stuff, I guess. And so maybe she'll bring Finnick in to be, le- you know, legit law enforcement. Yeah. Or something like that. So I don't know, hmm. but, I think we've seen just about the last of Boba and he'll do something really heroic and selfless to set himself out as, you know, noble. Worthy of the other praise. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But I'm excited. He would have to do it for the kid. I'm also not excited.
0: <laughs> I don't want it to be over. <laughs> well, he would have to do it for the kid because he has to fulfill
1: his his quest. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Which is also, you know, kind of doing it for another Mandalorian. Like he's, he'll sacrifice himself for that th- that commitment. <gasps> Well, if he goes back
0: into the Sarlacc pit
1: and then just raises,
0: like, Baby Yoda gets chucked into the Sarlacc pit. (laughs) Boba Fett dives in there because he's been in there before. He knows the way out. I know my way around down here. Single hand raises the kid up, and then the Sarlacc chomps the arm off. Ooh. And then it's like, uh, no, he didn't get out of that one. (laughs) And spits his armor back out with his severed head still in
1: it. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's, (laughs) That's Josh's, uh...
0: Yep, that's happening. Yeah, totally. Disney's getting dark. <laughs> All right, well, we got anything maybe else? Maybe he'll be sucked out into the vacuum of space and then just, like, fly back and be
1: completely fine. Yeah, probably. It's happened before. Um, got Anything else you want to chat through? I don't think so. Cool. This set is really fun. Yeah, this is pretty fun. I'm almost done with it, I think.
0: I another bag. Maybe another show's worth yeah. Cool. I was trying to do the math on how many shows we have before Christmas and whether these will be finished beforehand.
1: Maybe. Oh, we got the one next week with Matt. That's probably it. So. Yeah. yeah. Do we
0: need. Is Matt going to get a set? Is I don't Matt know. Build a thing? Because we, he did a great job of leading this while we were giving
1: seven eights attention. Yeah. But I think it would be interesting. We can play a trick on him because he probably doesn't listen to this, so he won't know. We can play a trick on it. Not play a trick, but we can make him get a set so he realizes how difficult it actually is to speak intelligently and build a Lego set at the same time. Mm. Because oh, he'll, he'll come back and be like, yeah, I'm just going to talk again and say all my smart, you know, literature stuff about the Mandalorian. And these two idiots are going to sit there and play with their toys and listen, yep. like we did last time. And if he has to build something, then he'll realize that it's hard. Mm. Or he'll just get to build Lego. Either way would be cool. All right. Uh, if you would like to hear the after show for the upcoming Brain Pick with Andrew Huang, it is exclusive to the Maker Alliance. Maker so, Alliance has upset us a little bit. Why? Because we talked about the episode that we did with Matt
0: being available to the Maker Alliance, and we haven't, because I think you posted that one, and I forgot to do it after the fact, so we have to do that.
1: Oh, my bad. We will get that out to you. Yeah, this is
0: this is a, an official my bad to all of the Alliance.
1: <laughs> but uh, the Maker Alliance is an awesome group of people that, you know... Forgive they, us when we mess up. They, they're <laughs> awesome uh, in a bunch of different ways. But we hang out with them on a regular basis on Discord. Uh, they get to see videos early. They get to hear after shows for podcasts when we have them and stuff like that. And big thanks to all of them. If you want to join that crew, of people, if you want to jump on our Minecraft server, you can do that as well. Uh, go to iLikeToMakeStuff.com/slash/join. Where can people find you on the internet? At Josh underscore make stuff. And you can find all of us at I Like To Make Stuff on all the stuff. Which I gotta admit, I've been a little less active on social stuff lately. Uh, you know, end of year kind of running out of steam as far as promotion and all those things, but we're still around. We're still there. We're still posting. So we'll see you over there, and we'll see you next week. We'll talk with Matt about The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye bye.